Luke uh, asked me if, because he was leading the song right there before uh, the lesson, if there was a particular song that uh, he liked me to lead. I really couldn't think of one, but I think he came up with the perfect song. Because, you know, if, if your heart is filled with bitterness, it's really impossible for, for the beauty of Jesus to be seen through you. So I appreciate that song very much. Uh, we are about poison of the heart, as I've entitled the lesson this morning. But as Yancey has already mentioned, we're going to talk about the subject of bitterness. And bitterness is something that I consider myself an expert on. Uh, Not that I've done that much study on it, but rather that I feel like I've been somewhat of a practitioner of it from time to time. And uh, I I present this lesson as a reminder to myself uh, to get my heart right and to do the things that God would have me to do. It's really a pretty simple study, but I think one that we need reminded of. You know, Yancey mentioned that I had done this before, and I look back and I did a study on this in 2008, so it's been a number of years, and I've revised it quite a bit, and I hope that it's something that will be a benefit to you. Maybe you'll see yourself in some of these things as well. Uh, but we're going to talk about poison of the heart. And we're going to talk, we're going to start with the story of, of a guy named Simon. Now let's go back to right after the day of Pentecost. We remember the church there in Jerusalem was being persecuted. And so, uh, because of that persecution, they begin to spread out. And some of those, a man named Philip and some others went to the north to an area called Samaria. And they went into a city there and they, they preached Jesus to a multitude of people. And there were many that heard and they believed. And there was a man there that his name was Simon. And Simon was somebody that was special in that particular city because he practiced a form of magic or sorcery or something that really was impressive to people. And so um, he had somewhat of a name for himself. And he bought, but he also heard this message and he, he believed. And well, as, as Peter or as uh, Philip then sent back word to Jerusalem that the, of the success that they had had, basically said, hey, listen, these people have believed. We need to send somebody here who actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit so we can pass that on and we can impart some gifts to them that they will have, they will be granted access to that as well. Well, now, so Peter and John come to this, this city in Samaria and they impart the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, here's the story that picks up in Acts chapter 8. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So... Even though he believed, you can see that he's still thinking the old ways, isn't he? He's still thinking, hey, this is going to be great because I can continue to, to build my reputation by the power that I have. Let me give you some money and, and give me this power that you've got. Well, Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. You know, it's interesting that Peter goes right to the heart of the matter, doesn't he? 
He doesn't talk about his greed so much. He doesn't, but he goes to the fact that apparently this man's heart was poisoned, and that poison is being identified here by Peter through the Holy Spirit, I believe, uh, as something of bitterness, that his heart was, was so sour and so wrong uh, that, that he was trying to do this, this evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, in Hebrews chapter 12, we see that bitterness is described as a root. And I want you to look at that tree and think about a tree and its root system for a moment. You know, for the most part, we don't see the roots. We see the health of the tree and we look up and we see these magnificent trees and how beautiful and this time of year, how green they are. And, and But you know, the reality is, is if you were to destroy the root system of that tree, it wouldn't be very long before that tree didn't look like that. Or if you were to put something in the, in the soil that was a poison to that tree, it wouldn't be very long before that tree stopped to look like that. And so we recognize that the root system is the process through which that tree is fed and grows strong, or if it's poison, will grow weak. And so bitterness then is kind of like that. It's a condition of our heart, and it affects, uh, it affects what eventually will affect what is manifest outwardly. But in Hebrews chapter 12, we see this. He, said, he tells them to pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. So, in other words, he's saying this is pretty important. Because if you don't do this, then you can't see the Lord. In verse 15, he shifts to the other side. He says, look carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Now, let's be clear that God's grace will not fail. That God's grace is sufficient. That God's grace is guaranteed. But you know, the truth of the matter is that we as His followers, if, if our hearts are not right, can fall short of that grace. And that's what He's talking about here. He goes on to explain, He says, Lest any root of bitterness spring up, springing up cause trouble. So again, the root of the problem is the heart, and when the heart becomes poisoned, it begins to affect the, the, the person, or in this case, that you're looking at as a tree. And so he says that, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So if we allow our hearts to become bitter, then we can become one of those that falls short of His grace doesn't receive that blessing, and may not see the Lord one day. Well, what causes bitterness? Now, this was the part that I didn't like, because it suggests that that bitterness is really about me and my sin. There's a story in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 5, and if you get a chance to look at that, I encourage you to do so sometime. I'm going to try to give you kind of a synopsis of the story. But the story goes something like this, that uh, back in the Old Testament, when the tabernacle was in existence, if a man had a wife, and the man becomes suspicious that the woman had been unfaithful to him, that he, and, and he, she wasn't caught in the act, and she didn't admit that she had done it, but he was suspicious that she had done it, and he becomes jealous of her, he could take her 
to the priest. And he would bring with that an offering. It was a grain offering. And the priest would bring the woman before the Lord. And she would hold this offering in her hand. Now, the priest would go get some holy water from inside the tabernacle. And he would, and, and the priest would take some dust from the floor of the tabernacle and put that in the water. Then he would get a scroll and he would write the offenses that she was charged with on that scroll. And then he would use more water to wash that off into that basin of water. And then he would pronounce to the woman that if you have, if you've not done this, then this water will have no effect on you. But if you have done this, it will cause your belly to swell and you will be unable to have children, essentially, is what they were saying. And the woman then had to say, Amen, so be it. Now you can imagine uh, the pressure that that lady must have, would have been feeling. And so then she would then drink that water and it would be so. That if she was, if she was guiltless in the matter, the water would not cause her stomach to swell. But if she were guilty, her stomach would swell. She would not be able to have children. She would be barren. And that was the curse that would occur. Again, look at that story. There's some other parts to it that I've left out. But the basic idea here, I think, is that that bitterness or that, that poison of the system was a function of sin. And I believe it is for us today that if, if, we, if we will keep our hearts pure, then bitterness can't take over. But the truth is, is that sin does separate us from God. Now, we all know that in that chasm there between man and God, that the cross will bridge that. And, and I'm not suggesting that that doesn't, that's very true. But a person that is in sin, a person that's living a sinful life, will not want to access that. Now think about that for a minute. If you're living in a sinful way, the last thing you want to do is think about God, or pray to God, or read His Word, or do anything else that will cause you to really think about and, and reflect on that sin that you're remaining in. And so if we have bitterness, it's probably because we haven't dealt with the sin that is in our lives in a way that we should and, and got our relationship right with the Lord. You know, bitterness is kind of like a pair of glasses that are shaded. It causes us to perceive things in that way. You know, I've got some red glasses up here. I've also got another pair that's blue. But if you put on either one of those glasses, that's what you'll perceive the world to be. You'll see things as red or you'll see things as blue. But it won't just affect your vision. It affects the way, the way you hear. So you hear somebody say something and you think, oh, they must be talking about me. Or they must have it out for me. You know, you could think of paranoia as a, a condition of severe bitterness because it's a, it's, you think that everybody is out to get you. In truth, that's not the case. But because of your, 
your distorted view of the world, you perceive it that way. So just look at a few pictures here. And uh, this would be like a commute to work. Uh, Now, none of us in the Metroplex could look at that and go, oh boy, that looks like fun. But do you ever stop to think that, you know, I sure am thankful that I have a job to go to. See, the bitter heart won't ever, won't ever stop to think that. Now, any of us that see that traffic jam are not going to be thrilled to get in it. But the person that's thankful, the person whose heart is right with God, at least will pause and think, you know, I'm pretty blessed to have a job to go to, even though this traffic jam I'm not all that crazy about. Here's one that I deal with from time to time, is you've got some work to do around the house. Not all that much fun to do, but do we ever stop and think, you know, I sure am thankful that God has blessed me with the possessions that I have. And I'm thankful that I have a measure of health, that I'm able to go out and do these things and take care of the things that He's blessed me with. See, the bitter heart won't do that. The bitter heart just focuses on the fact that they've got to do all this stuff or be in this stuff that they don't want to do. And then the proverbial one is, Who didn't fill that glass up all the way? How dare they? That's a sign of a bitter heart. Is that if if that's all we focus on is what's missing, what's absent, rather than what our blessings are, then that's what we'll see, is we'll see a glass that's half empty rather than one that's half full. So, uh, if you look in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, there's this verse. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so I found this picture, I think, that betrays this quite well because it shows that bitterness is really the root of all of that. That if our hearts are not right, then we're going to be very quick to anger. Things are going to frustrate us very quickly. We're going to be quick to anger. And then that, that anger is going to going to become even more intense. It's going to be a wrath. And then possibly it'll become as strong as a malice, which is something that is, that is really aimed at someone else and you're angry at them and, 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 and you, you maybe seek vengeance against them and you begin to clamor. You, you, you complain and you talk a lot. You know, you think about the children of Israel when God delivered them from the Egyptian bondage. You remember that story and, and as, as they were about to approach the Red Sea, remember the Egyptians were beating down on them and they began to complain and says, God has brought us out here to die. And then once they, once they experienced the miracle of being delivered across the Red Sea, they got over the other side and they started to say, God has brought us to this wilderness to let us starve to death. So He provided a manna. And the whole way... God provided for their every need, and yet they complained and they complained and they complained because their focus was on what they didn't have rather than the blessings that they had. So bitterness becomes kind of the poison to the roots that causes the manifestation of all these other type sins. And really there's two kinds of bitterness I want to look at real quickly this morning. And one of them is bitterness against another person. You know, there are families that are, that people in those families, and maybe you know some or part of a family that has this experience, 
that people haven't spoken for years and years and years uh, because of something that may have happened a long time ago and they've never made the effort to make that right, to patch that up, to fix that situation. Jesus says it this way in His Sermon on the Mount. He says, Therefore, if thou... So if you have a problem against your brother, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and, and there remember that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother... And then come and offer thy gift. Jesus thought it was so important that our relationships were right. Even if you were in the middle of, in this case, uh, their service to God. If there's something wrong between you and your brother, go fix it. Then come offer the gift. Because that's how important it was. You know, hatred against another person that you hold on to makes you a slave to that other person. Your thoughts about that other person are controlling you. They're poisoning your heart. They're not hurting them. They're poisoning your heart. So you have to do what you can to let that go. Because it's not hurting them. It's hurting you. And it's hurting your relationship with the Lord. And then this is really the one that I guess probably I have the biggest problem with. Is bitterness against the situation as is. But really, when you're, when, you're, when you're bitter about something in life, maybe you don't like... Uh, there's been lots of times in my life I don't like my job. Well, right now I love my job, so it's good. But, but I look back and there's lots of times where I was very displeased with my job. I felt like I deserved to be in a better spot, but it was not. But when you say that life isn't what I deserve you're really saying that God has let me down, that God doesn't know what's best for me. And that's not really accurate, is it? And the interesting thing is, is that people that have it the best sometimes are the ones that are the most bitter. So it's not really a function of of your station in life it's a function of your station in life relative to where you think you should be. But you know, think about all the people that have it so much harder. You know, Yancey this morning took a list of folks that we're praying for. Um, last night I got an email from uh, Dennis Maxim. Dennis, as most of you know, has uh, had cancer of the tongue. It was so severe that they had to remove the tongue. That is that is dramatically impacted his ability to to consume food. It's he's having to get all of his food uh, through some kind of a, a feeding system, not the way that you and I take in food. Uh, most of his water he takes in that way as well, and and so and and still his his future in this world is uncertain. And yet you read in his email, he's not, he doesn't seem to be bitter about that. Last week I had the, the pleasure of, of listening to uh, Leland Fleming speak down at Co- College Park. Most of you know that Leland went through a tragedy about a year ago with the loss of his wife. And he's got a, um, a family, a large family, many of them still young, many of them still needing uh, uh, two parents. But uh, now he's had to take on that role. Now, he could be bitter about that, but 
the graceful way that Leland has handled those issues has been a real testimony to people that have followed him on Facebook, people that have have seen him and talked to him. Uh, Just the way he's handled that has been so powerful. And he's used it as a real message for God. And he he could be bitter. And yet, he's chosen another route, a a much higher route. And I, I admire that and appreciate that. And it causes me to look at myself and think, you know, really don't have much to complain about. Life's pretty good. Bitterness probably looks like this to God. You know, we can see a, a young child that's pouting. Well, we get a little more sophisticated in the way we manifest that as we get old. But I don't think we trick God. And so God probably looks at someone who's bitter against Him and sees someone like this young child that's, uh, that's pouting. Why is it important that we get our heart right? Well, in, in 1 Samuel in chapter 16, it says, For the Lord does not see man as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. If your heart has been poisoned with bitterness, you can't be pleasing to God. You can't be. Jesus said it this way, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures, brings forth evil things. You know, if your heart is not right with God for a while, you might be able to hide that. But eventually, it's going to come out, isn't it? If your heart's not right, eventually, that's going to come out. It's going to manifest itself. And so, very simply, my admonition to you is that the fix is quite simple. The fix is not something that that takes a lot of time. In fact, if you have a bitter heart, you can fix it right now. Or right now. All you have to do is change your focus. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are... Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about those things that are good, that are virtuous. I have found that this is true. You cannot focus on being grateful and remain bitter. Gratefulness and bitterness, my experience has been cannot coexist. When I start counting my blessings and thinking about all the things that I have rather than the things that I might want to exist that don't, then I become pretty thankful for what I've got. And I can look around and I can see people that that are hurting or in need and I should have, have sympathy and empathy for those people and do what I can to lighten their burden. And if I focus on that, then I'll, I'll live a happier life. My heart will be right with the Lord, and I can perhaps beat back this poison of bitterness. I would encourage you to consider that. If there's anything that we can do for you this morning, if there, we're going to offer a song of invitation, if some of you feel like, you know, your heart's just not been right, and, and you want us to join and pray for you this morning, we'd be happy to serve you in that way if we can.
Uh, if there's one that, uh, that has been sufficiently taught and wants to um, join the Lord in baptism, then we would encourage you to do that as we ask you to stand and sing the song that's been selected.